I've met a lot of comedians, I've been interviewed by a lot of comedians where there's this outdated viewpoint. You have to be desperately unhappy and have had a, like a kind of a bad relationship with your family or everyone around you growing up. If you don't uh, express that in your art, that you're somehow um, not like legit or the real deal. And I love just like breaking that notion because it's outdated. That is the voice of five foot four writer, actress, and comedian Mindy Kaling, and she'll be giving us tips on ignoring your haters, being your own cheerleader, and being kind. That's all ahead on today's Super U podcast. Let's go. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We, have a we choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You podcast. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Today we have Mindy Kaling, all five foot four inches of her. She was born June 24th, 1979. She's an American actress, comedian, writer, producer, and director. She first gained recognition starring, as many of you know, one of my favorite shows, Kelly Kapoor in the NBC sitcom The Office. I've been watching and I've been re-watching on flights lately the office man is that writing incredible but mindy was part of that writing mindy was the first female member of the office writing staff in 2005 and she began her career there at the age of 26. now many of you might know that kaling gained wider attention for creating producing and starring in the fox comedy series the mindy project that was 2012 to 2017 now, Kaling's film career also includes voiceover work in Despicable Me, and you can see that tie with Steve Carell from The Office, who, of course, does the voice of Gru in the Despicable Me films. Uh, she was also voiced in Wreck-It Ralph and also the movie Inside Out. Her book, Why Not Me?, reached the New York Times bestseller list in 2015. She also received the Tony Award for Best Musical as a producer for the musical A Strange Loop. Now, a little personal background on Mindy. Her parents, who are both from India, they met in Nigeria. Mindy today goes by Mindy, but that is actually her middle name. Mindy, the middle name, was taken from the TV show, you're not going to believe this, but Mork and Mindy, that 1978 sitcom starring, of course, Robin Williams. And that took place, I believe, in Colorado, if I remember. Mork from Ork, if you remember that. Mork from Ork. Pretty funny, Ork being the planet that Mork was from. But her mother was pregnant with Mindy in Nigeria, and that was apparently the only American show that they got there at the time in Nigeria was Mork and Mindy. Now, when Mindy eventually was able to meet Robin Williams and told him that story, he actually didn't believe her because it does sound unbelievable. But Mindy's Super smart. She graduated from Dartmouth College. And we're going to get some very smart and insightful tips from her on today's Super U podcast. Now, Mindy, as a writer, comedian, and actor, praise and criticism are part of the job. Do you mind walking us through how do you balance these two, praise and criticism? 
It's funny because when a script is great, there's no praise, really. Because I think, I don't know if you guys have the same feeling about writing, but like, Praise seems empty, but criticism seems real. So if like when there's a really good script, you're like, okay, yeah, that's your job to turn in a good script, great. <laughs> now let's just do our cursory pass and get it ready for the table read. And then a bad script, it's like so much more, like there were good parts. <laughs> Diplomacy, by the way, is something that when you're a, one of the, an angry member of a staff, feeling righteous all the time, you can just, Greg would just let you like, do whatever you want, but then when you become the boss, you are like, oh, that, that trait when you're an underling makes you a tyrant as a boss. Yeah, so you have to like, that was one thing is when, when work isn't what you want, it's sort of finding the good in it and doing all those things that you've read about in textbooks and things like that. <laughs> Many successful people, whether they are celebrities or CEOs, they have difficult upbringings. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going, and that's what these people have done, and that's part of their DNA for success. But that wasn't the case for you. You didn't have a tough upbringing. In a sense, you're going against the normal grain for success. So walk us through that, if you don't mind. That's so nice of you, because I have met a lot of comedians, I've been interviewed by a lot of comedians, where there's this outdated viewpoint of uh, this feeling that you have to be desperately unhappy and have had a, like a kind of a bad relationship with your family or everyone around you growing up. If you don't uh, express that in your art, or if you didn't experience that and like want to luxuriate in that, that you're somehow um, not like legit or the real deal. And I love just like breaking that notion because it's outdated. And it's like a residual like from 80s, early 90s road comic mentality. But I just love that there's this new type of comedian. We say here at Equal Man Studios and on this show that kind is cool. Minnie, it seems like you share the same mindset. Craig's advice to me that was the most valuable, especially going on to my own show, was um, be kind. And that might be kind of Mindy specific because I think what makes you professionally successful is not necessarily what makes you personally successful. And what I found has helped me professionally is to be very decisive. And so professionally, I'm not very demure. I know exactly what I want and I say it. Now, often when you're being direct and decisive, it can seem brusque. It, you, I don't put a lot of disclaimers on what I say. When he said to be kind, I think what he meant, and, and I, this is at least I've interpreted it, is that it's fine to be decisive and every woman should be and we shouldn't go out of our way to be more demure than a male counterpart. I will say though, remembering in that same time to show kindness to people who are maybe nervous to talk to you and get an answer from you um, has been invaluable. It's interesting, I was just teaching a class on digital leadership at Northwestern University up in Illinois, obviously in the Chicago area, and one of the students asked me to define digital leadership. And I said in a one word definition, it's empathy. That's all digital leadership is, is empathy. Am I attuned to others and do I care about them? Most have this vision of this brash CEO shouting from the mountaintop when more times than not the opposite is true. It's actually the quiet leader that shows empathy that's very successful. What are your thoughts on empathy and listening as the habits of modern leaders? It is very important to be expressive in so much that no one should ever be stopping you from saying what you need to say, or you should never have that fear. However, I think as a young person, it's equally important, if not more important, to be perceptive. 
and to be sensitive. And I feel like we don't talk about that a lot because we feel like the only way to show that we're empowered is by speaking it. And I think that, you know, when I was growing up, I really thought that what my parents taught me was like, I, largely, I didn't talk until I was like 15 years old. I was pretty much silent, which no one believes. And it's because I just was like listening and paying attention to what everyone was saying and, and, and you know, trying to have like a good social IQ, which I think helped me become a really, which helped me later to become a good writer. And I think that that is the, the one biggest thing is to really, you know, to listen to others more than necessarily putting such a premium on being able to say how, what you feel. Do you feel in a sense that you have to be your own cheerleader these days, that you have to have your own pom-pom, so to speak? You have to have insane confidence in yourself, even if it's not real. You need to be your own cheerleader now because there isn't a room full of people waiting with pom-poms to tell you, you did it. We've been waiting all this time for you to succeed. So I'm giving you permission to root for yourself. And while you're at it, root for those around you too. It took me a long time to realize that success isn't a zero-sum game. I thought I might take a second to speak to the ladies in the audience. Guys, take a break. You don't have to pay attention during this part. Maybe spend the next 30 seconds thinking about all the extra money you'll make in your life for doing the same job as a woman. Pretty sweet. <laughs> hey girls, we need to do a better job of supporting each other. I know that I am guilty of it too. We live in a world where it seems like there's only room for one of us at the table. So when another woman shows up, we think, oh my God, she's gonna take the one woman spot. That was supposed to be mine. But that's just what certain people want us to do. Wouldn't it be better if we worked together to dismantle a system that makes us feel like there's limited room for us? Because when women work together, we can accomplish anything. Even stealing the world's most expensive diamond necklace from the Met Gala, <laughs> like in Ocean's 8, a movie starring me, which opens in theaters June 8th. Now you are the first female writer for The Office and you're a minority. Both of these come with their own sets of challenges. How does one avoid getting distracted by the haters and the naysayers? I was always born with this delusional feeling that I could do anything, but even to, that was instilled in me and my parents. And if you don't, you're not lucky enough to have parents who give you outsized confidence as a kid. Um, God, because it is, Girls face so many challenges and people are constantly telling them they can't do things, they can't be funny, they can't run companies. Um, that I just, I mean, my advice is always just like, you, not to focus on anyone telling you you can't do anything um, or the politics of your situation, but to just focus on the situation. It's sort of to, to think of yourself as not a woman, not a minority, not skinny, not whatever. Just think about like your art or the thing you want to do because you you can get caught up. I can get caught up. I could spend my entire life doing panels on being a chubby woman of color writing a TV show. And everyone, it would be useful to some people, but then I wouldn't be writing my TV show. And all my competition, all the white men who are doing the same thing as me are not doing those panels. They're just getting better and better and better at their job. And so for me, the only advice I ever give women is like, we want to support each other without distracting each other. And it's just like, head, heads down, work really hard, pretend your parents don't like, you know, they lock you in the third room of whatever, and just like do your work. Many of our listeners, they write out checklists, and checklists for the most part are good. They are helpful. They help keep us on the path to reach our goals. 
But sometimes you say that we have to go off the path and throw away our checklists. I arrived here as a 17-year-old, took the lay of the land, and immediately began making a checklist of everything I wanted to accomplish. I told myself that by the time I graduated in 2001, I would have checked them all off. And here is my freshman fall checklist. Be on Hanover Crew, be on Lodge Crew, be in an a cappella group, be in an improv troupe, write a play that's performed to the Bentley, and do a cartoon for the D, and try to be in a cool senior society. And guess what? I completed that checklist. But before you think, wait, why is this woman just bragging about her accomplishments from 17 years ago? Keep listening. Then I graduated, and I made a new checklist for my 20s. Get married by 27, have kids at 30, win an Oscar, be the star of my own TV show, host the MTV Music Awards, this was 2001, guys, it made more sense then, <laughs> and do it all while being a size two. Well, spoiler alert, I've only done one of those things, and I'm not sure I will ever do the others. And that is a really scary feeling, knowing how far that I've strayed from the person that I was hoping to be when I was 21. So I just want to tell you guys, don't be scared if you don't do things in the right order, or if you don't do some things at all. I didn't think I'd have a child before I got married, but hey, it turned out that way, and I wouldn't change a thing. I didn't think I'd have dessert before breakfast today, but hey, it turned out that way, and I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> so, if I could impart any advice, it's this. If you have a checklist, good for you. Structured ambition can sometimes be motivating, but also, feel free to let it go. Yes, my culminating advice for my speech is a song from the Disney animated movie, Frozen. A big thanks to Tony Award-winning and Mindy Kaling for those amazing insights. And thank you to you, our listeners, for joining in, tuning in to the Super You Podcast each and every week. This is your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. The show cannot be a success without you. So thank you. Thank you for all your emails that keep coming in. Just shoot me a note, equalman at equalman.com. And of course, the show is not possible without our great producers here. That's Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez. So until next time, please continue to tune into the Super U Podcast. But remember, we just need the courage to wear that cape. We're all superheroes, so let's get that courage to wear that cape. And remember, it's not what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super U. Oh, yeah.